0: This report covers the period from November 4th to November 10th, 2013. Vulnerability activity levels were lower than the previous period. The highlight for the period was the reported Microsoft graphics vulnerability, affecting several Microsoft products and actively exploited by multiple hacking groups. Microsoft also released the Microsoft Security Bulletin Advance notification for November 2013, announcing eight security bulletins that affect Windows, Microsoft Office, and Internet Explorer. The security bulletins will be released on Tuesday, November 12th. The November bulletins reportedly do not include a software update for the Microsoft Graphics vulnerability. Other vulnerability activity included security advisories and software updates from HP for multiple products, the continued release of vendor software updates related to the Oracle Java CPU vulnerabilities, and the November 2013 Wireshark update. As indicated by the high levels of threat outbreak alerts during this period, spam activity continues to be active. The majority of the spam campaigns continue to focus on proven themes, with variations to the messages and malicious content in attempts to bypass email security protections. Cisco has posted research on a new fake UPS malware email campaign on the Cisco Security blog. IntelliShield published 125 events last week that included 82 new events and 43 updated events. Cisco released three security advisories and five security notices during this period. In the Trust Risk Management category, Apple released an announcement calling for the lifting of government gag orders on requests for user and account data, along with its first transparency report. The report details the requests the company received from governments across the globe. Apple also reported that, "Apple has never received an order under section 215 of the USA Patriot Act we would expect to challenge such an order if served on us" Apple joins a growing list of companies releasing similar transparency reports and calling for relief from the government gag orders Apple and several other companies are challenging the government gag orders by releasing information that tests the limits of the gag orders while continuing to seek relief from the gag orders through legal and political avenues The United States Administration has initiated reviews of the intelligence agency's powers and the Patriot Act provisions, and while that may tighten requirements for data requests, it is still questionable whether it will provide relief for these companies. While the companies seek to distance themselves from the government's intelligence activities, many of these requests will continue to involve current law enforcement investigations and classified counterterrorism activities, which the government is not likely to allow to be publicly exposed. In the Identity Risk Management category, the latest Javelin Strategy and Research Report on Breach Notifications and Identity Fraud concluded that approximately 25% of the exposed identities resulted in identity fraud. The report, Data at Rest is Data at Risk, also found that the most sensitive information is the payment card information and Social Security numbers, leading to the highest number of identity fraud cases. The report covers breach notifications across multiple business verticals through 2012, including retail, healthcare, and financials. One point to note with this report is that it is based on breach notifications sent to individuals in 2012, which does not account for all breaches or compromised records. The reported numbers are likely to be a low-end estimate of the identity fraud resulting from these breaches, while the actual number of related identity fraud cases is likely higher. The report excludes data on the financial impact of the identity theft or fraud. Many would also argue that identity theft is a misnomer, and what actually occurs is identity and financial fraud. The real metrics for these cases are the cost to the individuals and the business sectors to mitigate fraud, investigate cases, and recover losses from the fraud. The interesting point the report makes is that criminals are performing large data breaches to gain the necessary information to commit identity fraud, indicating the actual purposes behind the large data breaches. Next, in security trends, Microsoft and Facebook announced the new HackerOne Bug Bounty program. Google has an existing program in place called Vulnerability Reward Program. Both are related to fixing open source software vulnerabilities. This is the latest bug bounty program to be announced, following several other commercial programs in underground markets. As the number of programs continues to increase, so do the amounts offered for high-value bug reports. As with most of these programs, the new HackerOne program rules include notifying the vendor of the bug and only releasing the bug if the vendor fails to communicate with the program for 30 days. The new Bug Bounty program provides opportunities to fix open-source security vulnerabilities. This program pays independent developers a fee when the vulnerability is corrected. These programs demonstrate a vested interest to make open-source software as secure as possible. After all, open-source programs often coexist with their commercial software. This trend will continue as other companies start bounty programs, which is a great way to expand their sphere of influence in developing secure, open-source software. The increasing number of programs is also driving the bounties higher, creating a commercial market that may compete with underground markets, resulting in more responsible disclosures. Finally, in the geopolitical risk management category, international experts met at the fourth annual Cyberspace Cooperation Summit at Stanford University in California last week in an effort to forge stronger ties and improve mutual trust. They set themselves the task of creating a mechanism for measuring the global cost of cybersecurity and to tally the losses incurred by website attacks and electronic information compromise. While the parties agreed to a set of benchmarks aimed at quantifying the damage and cost of cyber compromises, they did not agree that a set of international laws was necessary to govern cyberspace. A report, released in time for the summit, lays out a number of recommendations aimed at improving trust between the United States and China to improve the safety of assets in cyberspace. First, the new framework aimed at measuring the cost of cyber attacks could be a useful tool information security experts will want to keep an eye on positive outcomes from this initiative. Second, it is not surprising that the report and summit discussions frequently return to the concept of trust. The parties appeared to agree overall that trust is not only lacking, but that the absence of trusting relationships is mutually detrimental. The real value of summits such as these, which bring together global experts to discuss difficult issues is not necessarily the benchmarks and statements agreed upon in a formal setting. Rather, the value is more likely derived from the personal relationships formed by individuals during breaks and at get-togethers on the fringes of these meetings. These friendships are unlikely to stop crime or divert espionage efforts, but they may allow, over time, for a more realistic understanding of diverse viewpoints and ultimately may help pave the way to workable global cybersecurity frameworks. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Report's link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.